Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. All right, everyone. Travelers Championship Week is here. And for the first time, if you're in Connecticut, you can legally bet on the Travelers Championship. So adding a, a new wrinkle here to, to the to the tournament. I've got David Behrman. He's deputy editor of sports betting over at ESPN and ESPN.com. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I actually hadn't thought about that. Maybe it's because it's not the first time I've gone to the event while betting. But like you said, it's the first time you can legally bet and go to the course. And I remember the first time DFS became really, really popular. And, yeah, yeah, we've all been doing it. But if you're gone to an event and be like, that guy makes a birdie, I might win money. And that was just DFS. Now you can bet on anything. So it's great. Yeah, I know. Sit sit on the... uh the hill at 15 and, and live yep. bet these guys uh it ad- adds a little extra fun there it is it's great and i remember probably like four or five years ago during the the massive daily wager craze not daily wager the DraftKings and yeah. dfs craze when commercials were everywhere I, I bumped into jay crawford who former sports center anchor and he was there with his wife and he i, I know him from work and we were talking and, and i was looking at my app and watching the standings and he looks at me and he goes we're sitting on 15 and he goes can you explain to me this, this daily fantasy crap? What, what exactly is it? So we were walking the rest of the way and we get to 18 and I'm like, look, it was a Sunday. I said, even though the tournament's over, so-and-so won, I don't know if it was Kenny Perry or might've been Bubba again, whoever it was, but they're all playing. And if that guy hits a putt and that guy doesn't, someone's going to win a million dollars. He was blown away by the fact that that could happen. And now yeah. it's a whole nother dimension with, with sports betting. Yeah, no, it, it's wild how things have evolved over the, the past several yeah. years here. But let's get into this tournament. As you take a look at this field and, and at TPC River Highlands, what are you looking for in some of these guys as you start to put some research together around the field and, and looking at the odds? Sure. And this course is, is, is different than a lot of them. And I think you you do put added emphasis on, cor- on, on course history with these guys. Uh, this is one of the courses that's been around the longest in terms of re- repetitive PGA Tour stops where other events may switch courses. So guys who have played this a lot and know how to play it, it's not incredibly difficult. It is short by PGA Tour standards. I would never tell anybody it's 6,800 yards is short anywhere, but by PGA Tour standards, it's short course. So Distance doesn't dominate, but distance, obviously you never, you're never going to say distance doesn't help you. Anybody who hits the ball 350 to your 300, is going to, going to be better, but it's not a long course. So you can get away with shorter hitters. You know, the Kevin Nas of the world, Brian Harmons of the world have done well here because it's short Um, and and you can win by being short. If you're accurate, the the rough is is thick. Uh, It's not us open thick. It's not going to be Boston, the country club thick, Uh, but if you miss the fairway, it does penalize you. It's a scorable course. You look for guys who can get off the tee in the fairway. Again, I don't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on distance, but I do put an emphasis on shots gained off the tee in terms of accuracy. Uh, irons are always good. It feels like I repeat myself every week with telling someone you need strong iron play. No, you, you really do. Um, but but what gets people here, what I especially pay attention to is the greens are also small by PGA Tour standards. You're talking about less than 6,000 square feet of greens. So you need the guys that can get up and down. Scrambling is very important here. And having played it a couple of times in this course, it's you miss a green, rolls off. It's a little bit not as undulating as you've seen at the U.S. Opens or, or Augusta. But people who are good out of traps, people who are good around the fringe. If you're good at scrambling, if you can't make it on, are some of the guys that look at. So accuracy off the tee, irons in, and then scrambling ability. Because, again, putting's always good. Everyone wants a good putter. 
but they're not incredibly long and big green. So you can get away with being an average putter here. Interesting. When you look at this tournament coming the week after the U.S. Open, I know you mentioned, hey, if you hit in the rough, it won't be as bad as it was last week in Brookline. But do you put any weight into these guys who, you know, really battled for a full four rounds last week or who were up in the top of the leaderboard and maybe disappointed, uh, you know, with the way they finished? I know Will Zalatoris was a guy who was up there. He ended up pulling out of the tournament. Do you put any weight into those guys coming out of last week? I mean, there's always narrative to the stories. You could have said, well, Justin Thomas didn't chase down Rory two weeks ago in Canada. How how is it going to be at the U.S. Open? So. You can spin a narrative any which way. I probably wouldn't play Willie Z in any tournament coming off a disappointment like that. It's I stay away from the guys who just miss. Um, But yeah, there are guys who missed the cut last week who had two extra days to prepare. And, you know, when they leave a tournament, who knows where they go. But if I'm in Boston and my next week is in Connecticut and I got Saturday and Sunday off, I'm coming down the TPC River Highlands and practicing. So you got to give a little thought to the guys who did miss the cut, had a little extra rest and played. But on the flip side, they missed the cut because they didn't play well, whereas right. the other guys made the cut and did play yeah. well. And the one thing I am looking at, and, and it's fascinating for, for people who live in Connecticut, this is a great field, Jared, like yeah. a really good field. I've been here 17 years. And I've never seen a field this good. Obviously, having the U.S. Open on the East Coast and Boston helped. It always does well when any of the million New York courses host the U.S. Open, Wingfoot or Shinnecock, you get a better or Beth Page, Beth Page like I, yeah. the last time I remember a good feel like this was after Beth Page hosted in 09. Uh, when, when the when the U.S. opens in Pebble Beach, guys aren't flying cross country for this event. So you get a good field with the added. I'm sure Jay Manahan probably kicked a few people and said, hey, you got to go play. We got to go stop this live nonsense. So so go play. But you're getting a pretty darn good field for this week. And it's going to be exciting to, to, to see some of the, the best golfers in the world play this course. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the field. So, so let's jump right into to who we've got coming this year. When you're looking at that top tier of guys, I mean, you got the number one guy in the world and Scotty Scheffler, you got Rory, you got JT, you got Cantley, you got Xander Shoffley. Who, who, who do you like out of this top tier coming here to Travelers this week? I wrote about this very question in tomorrow's piece that'll be out on ESPN Chalk. Um, you, you could make an argument for almost every one of those guys. Yeah. You obviously see Rory, who's off back-to-back top fives and is arguably, with all due respect to Matt Fitzpatrick, the hottest golfer on the planet. I mean, all Rory's done over the last couple of weeks is 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 finishing the top five or top ten in every event he won in Canada. Uh, so you can make a case for him. Scheffler came close to winning his second major of the season and seems to be in every single event. Patrick Cantley shot a sixty here as an amateur uh, about eleven years ago, and 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 Jordan Spieth won here in two thousand seventeen, pulling out from the bunker. So you can make a case for all of them, but to me the way Justin Thomas is currently playing, I'm not talking about his overall game that he played last year, the year before the way Justin Thomas is playing right now, there is no better fit than, than TPC river highlands for, for this upcoming week. So I really like JT here. He's playing well, obviously the T 37 fade on, on Sunday at the, the mass at the U S open doesn't give you a ton of, of, of confidence and he's never had more than one top 10 at the score. So if you talk about how he didn't play great last week and hasn't played this course that well, you'd be like, well, why am I taking him? As we talked about the course favorites position off the tee, scrambling around the greens, ability to score birdies and success on par fours. That's what this, if you go back and look at the last 20 years of this course, that's what wins here. 
Well, Thomas is third on tour in shots gained overall, third tee to green, 14th off the tee, third in sand saves, and sixth in scrambling. He legitimately checks every single box, mm. like a lot of these guys do. Two year, two weeks removed from almost beating Rory in Canada and a month removed from winning the PGA Championship. So I like him. I think he's going to do well. I mean, it's a coin flip whether you take Rory or, 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 or Thomas to me. Rory's nine or 10 to one JT is 12 to one. You're getting a little bit better odds with Rory. I want to see him come out of the gates with maybe a 38 on the front nine and then jump on and play him live. Uh, but, but JT is someone I'm playing here at 12 to one to win and, and, and plus 165 to 170 for a top 10. Hey, if you, you get a repeat down the stretch here at, at TBC river highlands with, with JT and Rory going at it, like, like you saw in Canada a couple of weeks ago, I think everyone would, would sign up for that. I'm going to be playing Rory. Yeah. The odds he currently is, I think the better play is to play him for a top 10 finish, which has basically been automatic the last two months of the year. I mean, you're talking about a guy that closed with a 64 at the Masters. Uh, he, he won in Canada, two top fives, an eighth place finish. He has six consecutive top 20s. You can get plus 135 on him for the top 10. So I'll be playing that as well. I think when you look at this field, to show the depth of it is when you look at those guys, like just outside that top 20 tier there, where, where you look at guys like Sung JM and Joaquin Neiman, Harold Barnard, third, uh, Mito Pereira, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, and uh, we want to mention Brooks Kepka, um, may, maybe making his last PGA tour start. Um, who, who do you like when you look outside of those, you know, initial top 20 players that are going to be here? Yeah, there are two guys that I'll be playing. One I, I mentioned a few minutes ago in Brian Harmon. The guy's 40 to 1 to win, playing him at 2 to 1 to finish in the top 20. He had a rough weekend. He was in contention Thursday and Friday at, at the US Open. And then he had a rough weekend going 75, 76. But I'm not going to let that dissuade the fact that he's had three top tens at TPC River Highlands in the last four years. The only non-top 10 was was the COVID fanless 2020 event when nobody was there. Uh, so he he plays this course very well. We hit on the fact that it's not long. That plays into Harmon's advantage. Uh, I, I say I like the accuracy over the distance. Here's a guy who's 12th on tour in accuracy as opposed to 180th in distance. Not worried about that. Small greens, great short game player. Uh, I like the way he was playing entering the weekend. Going to kind of ignore what he did over the weekend. I think this is a good bounce back spot. He's a guy that plays anytime you have short type courses out there. He's a guy that you should be playing. Uh, some of the way, some of the holes set up actually helps a lefty like Brian. Uh, so I think he can take advantage of that and play well. And another guy that's in that middle tier, not a favorite, but not a long shot, Mark Leishman at, at 50 to one, uh, playing him as a top 10 at, at nearly five to one. He's a guy who quietly wouldn't have known that he finished T14 last week in, at the U.S. Open. Yeah, Didn't yeah. really contend. You probably, if I, if I had asked you where he finished, you might have said, I don't know, 30-something. I don't think he saw many shots, yeah. <laughs> that CBS didn't show him, but we won't we won't go into that. Yeah, I yeah. might get in trouble for going there. Yeah. Um, he has not won this year, but he's put together a very solid year, quietly, three top 10s, eight top 25 finishes. He's won here before, back in 2012, finished third here last year, T9 in 2016, and a T11 in 2014. He makes the cut 10 out of 11 times here. Again, just like Harmon, his game is good. 22nd on tour in par fours, 31st in scrambling. You're getting 50 to one. And I think you're only getting 50 to one because as you said, the depth, you, you yeah. have so many of those guys at Scotty and Rory and, and JT and, and Xander that 
somebody's got to be 50 to one and you're getting a guy with seven PGA tour wins. One of which was at this very course plays it. Well, um, I think you could play him in the top 10 markets and at 50 to one, you, if you had said to me before the field was announced, what do you think Mark Leishman's going to be at the travelers? I would have said probably in the 28 to 30 to one lane range, but as all these players committed, all of a sudden someone's got to be 50 Get to one. Down, I yeah. think there's, there's good value there. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Uh, we, we've seen him play well here, as you mentioned. Sungjae is my pick in this range, by the way. Uh, big Sungjae fan. I, I, try not performer. To, I try not to let previous weeks influence me, but, but Sungjae burned me the last couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah. He, you know, on that note, like KH Lee, it's a TPC course. Yeah. If it's a TPC course, you should be playing KH Lee somewhere. You don't like him to win, play him in the top 20 or play him in DFS. The guy won earlier this year in Texas at TPC Craig Ranch for the back-to-back years, played well here before, finishing 13th two years ago. Uh, he was sixth before he scored an 80 in the final round. There's an, a little bit of an outsider at probably 80, 85 to one, but he plays TPC courses very, very well. When it comes to sleepers, and maybe even there's a name if you're just a casual golf fan or just a casual sports fan in general, maybe you, you haven't heard of before. Who, who do you like from you know the guys with, with pretty high odds here that, that you might take a, a flyer on? KH Lee, yeah. that, that would have been a name I would have mentioned. Maybe I, I, I jumped the question a little bit. Um, I like him. I, you know, I'm trying to think, throw some other names out there that have a hundred to one odds and I'll tell you who I like. You, you know who shocked me and, and I, I got to see what he is right now, but Webb Simpson at 80 to one Pretty earlier good. this week. I, I, I like that one. What do you think of Joel Damon coming out of last week? Too, too I'm, much I'm actually, out of the major? I'm pulling up the odds as we speak to see if there's anybody I like down there, but Joel Damon, I mean, he played well. You give him credit for what he did. Um, another guy who's probably a little bit upset about how he finished. Uh, it's a course for him. I think he can be a horse here. Uh, Aaron Wise, 51, he's in a yeah. bad play. He played really solid last week, been playing solid overall. Uh, Webb, 80 to 1 is pretty good. KH Lee is 75 to 1 at DraftKings right now. Uh, defending champion Harrison English is 100 to 1. He's been awful this year. He's battled injuries. Injury, the- yeah. Guy did win here last year is 100 to 1. You said Domin's 100 to 1. Ryan Palmer, 130 to 1, is a guy who plays well on short type courses. Uh, I'm scrolling through here. Uh, Bo Hostler, 150 to 1. I wouldn't mind playing. Now, now you're getting me thinking, who am I going to get in DFS tomorrow? <laughs> Tom Hoagie, 150 to 1, has played well. And, and he's, 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 he's got a good group too. Hoagie's, with, I, I think, with JT's group. So I think. Uh... It's always interesting looking at one of those guys playing with, with one of the big names. And whenever you can get Stuart Sink at 200 to 1, you might as well play him. Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, won, he's won here a couple times. He's won here. He's coming off one of his best seasons ever last year. Um, it just seems that every time I take him in DFS, he misses the cut. So I won't be playing him. A, a guy that I, I still want to buy in that's in this 150 to 1 range. I, I've always been a Ricky Fowler fan. Do you, have you given I, up on him? Totally, 100%. <laughs> He should get on the, on the, uh, on, on the, on the live express and just go away. Like, and you know what? I, I might just play him to miss the cut because last year his numbers were still inflated and I was playing him to miss the cut every single week. And I pretty much paid for the man game with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that, that's the way to do it. I, I'll give one other guy at 150 to one. Anurban Lahiri, his caddy is a local Windsor, Connecticut guy. So I like the local connection there. Guy knows the course here. Throw a short. buck or two on him. Uh, you never know what can happen. Kevin Kisner, 101, is another short game player that when there's short courses, he wins. So 
there's there's numbers out there. It would not stun me to see a 75 or 80 to one shot win. Yeah. That being said, we've never really had a field with this many iconic good players. So are these hundred to one shots really going to outdo yeah. Spieth and yeah. Rory? And maybe, maybe they will. Maybe this is the KH3 week again as he goes up through Craig Ranch and 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 plays to all the TPC courses. Maybe maybe you hit on this a little when we were uh, bringing up Ricky Fowler there. But is there a guy you just don't like at all this week that that you're fading that that maybe others have been buying into? I, I would have said Ricky Fowler. <laughs> um, other people are buying into. Um, I, I hate saying it because he had a 60 on this course, but Patrick Cantley hasn't shown me anything this year. I know he's the reigning tour player of the year, uh, did everything but win a major last year, uh, but he, he he hasn't done much this year. Yeah, he had a very good Sunday to all of a sudden finish in the top 20, uh, but he's not someone I'm going to play here. I, I just don't think this is a course for him, and I don't think he's in good form. So Cantley would be a guy that I, I will not be playing. Um, a lot of people like Keegan Bradley. Because, that's what, th- but that's that, exactly where I was going. Did did that narrative necessarily work last week? He played okay Thursday, Friday, had a great Saturday when everybody else crapped the bed. He moved up, and then he played crappy on Sunday. So I'm not buying it. Um, he's played here before. He's from the Northeast, but you can only carry that narrative so far. Yeah. In terms of some of the guys we, we've seen, some, some of these newer guys, on tour who, who have made a bit of a mark this year and a guy that that caught my interest uh right away at, at 50 to 1 he, he's down to 35 to 1 now is Mito Prayer what are your thoughts on him in, in in his game right now I like Mito and what really impressed me about him is how he bounced back yeah. right after blowing the PGA championship um I'll be honest I played him to miss the cut that's just me taking advantage of what I thought was a soft like he, he blew the lead he stood on 18 and threw one into the drink so I'm gonna yeah. fade him uh, he made the cut. He's played well. I thought he would do better at, at the U.S. Open, but this is a course that that plays to to what he can do. He's accurate off the tee. He has great irons, good short game. It would not surprise me. I've considered using him in a couple of DFS lineups and maybe sprinkling a top 10 on him, but it would not surprise me to see him him do well here. As I look at the list, I'll, I'll throw out two more names here, guys, who who always interest me, and I, I think probably, sh- and, you know, in the back of my head, think should be a little bit better than they tend to be, and, and that's Tony Finau and Tommy Fleetwood. Thoughts on either of those two outside of, of Ricky Fowler, miss cuts and fading Ricky. I've probably not one. He's probably Tony Finau top tens. The last couple of years is all the money that I've won <laughs> because I won't pick them to win. I'll pick them top tens. I did not like what I saw last week. At yeah. Ricky Finau. That kind of surprised me. I don't play him often uh, other than top tens and twenties. And, you know, this is a course that Tony can dominate if he's hitting the ball straight. Um, depends on which Tony shows up. He's not someone I can ever figure out. All right. Interesting there. What was the other one you mentioned? I I mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. Still looking for that U S win. Yeah. That it dominates overseas. I've Tommy Fleetwood is on my list of disappointing players. He's someone that I thought would, would, would win a big one by now, whether it's a major or a playoff event or a WGC. Um, it's a course that he can play well on. Uh, I can't figure that guy out either. He probably get a nice top 25 and miss out on that. But so. All right. I, I, now, as we're looking through these, I am going to throw this just as a, as a fun one out here. If I, if I gave you Rory, Scotty, JT and Spieth, and you had to pick one to miss the cut, who are you picking this week? Rory, Scotty, JT or Spieth. I would pick Spieth to miss the cut. Um, right. Of the four, he played 
the worst slash least good last week. Of the four, Spieth is the least confident when it comes to off the tee. And as we mentioned off the top, if you miss fairways here, you're you're screwed. Um, he'll miss more fairways than the other guys. Uh, Spieth, I am playing him. I have him in the column as a top 10 at plus 225. He plays well here, yeah. pulled out from the bunker. He's very creative. There are times I've played the course where I wish I had his type of short game. Um, but his accuracy off the tee always worries me. So I would pick Spieth All to right. miss the cut of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, if only, uh, the PIP money was there when, uh, Spieth hold out from that bunker might've, uh, might've might topped the list there. Cause they, they certainly got, got plenty of value out of that one. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll wrap with this one. I know we were talking earlier. You, you've played this course here. We were both saying 15s are our favorite hole. Tell me about your time playing 15. Cause I, I, I want to hear this. So I've played the course twice. Both were last year. I've lived here 17 years and I hadn't played it. I've walked it a million times play, you know, with the tournament. Yeah. Got to play it finally last year. And uh, the first time I played it, it was one of my co-coaches on, on the little league team that, that I coach coach pitch team. His seven-year-old son was on the team and he's a member there invited me and, and two coworkers to go play. And we, we were doing match play. Uh, the match was fairly tight. All four of us were in the, same ballpark, couple of shots apart. The match was all squared. We got to 15. I'm the shortest hitter of all four of us. So we get to 15 and they're all, they're all going for it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive the green. I, that's just not my game. I'm yeah. five foot six here. I'm not going to do it, but I unleashed a pretty good drive. I put it on the right side, probably about 85, 90 yards short. The three of them go and launch it. One goes into the water. The other two put it close, but you know, runs off. Um, I took my, approach and Sarah, I'm 90 yards away. Let's get it up there. But 15 has that really yep. difficult green. Sorry about the poltergeist light, by the way. <laughs> um, the pin was tucked in the front left, okay. front left. So with this wedge shot, you, you go for the green. I might've been closer to 65 yards out. If I say 90, you guys are gonna think I hit the ball hundred yards off the tee. So by about 65 <laughs> yards out, um, I knew that if I went for the pin and missed, I was in the water, water. Yeah. In the water front left, like, Want to go for it, maybe have it go down. But if, if you miss, you're either going to miss low or it's going in the water. So I tried to play it a little conservative going for the middle of the green, hoping that, you know, nudge it up there. Maybe I get a good roll and two putt par yeah. and get out of there. I missed off a little bit to the right and it rolled all the way to the back. <sighs> so it rolled all the way to the back. I, I go up there. The other two get on and they have manageable birdie putts. And I'm all the way in the back and I'm standing up there and I got like, I, I need my binoculars to see the pin. It's so far away. And again, water on the other side. So they put it at about 50, 55 foot putt. Now, obviously I was up first as they're all marked in front of me. And if you've ever seen 15, it's, it's good. Yep. My whole goal was to funnel it close, not run it off into the water and see what happens. I hit it and I watch it and I watch it and I watch it and it drops. Oh. Oh, I mean, and, and if you know how the travelers have set up 15, 16, 17, 18 yep. are all over that well, 15, 16, 17 around the water. water. Yeah. And then 18 goes back out to the clubhouse. I unleashed a scream that I didn't know I had in me. The other three were so excited. They screamed <laughs> and you could hear it around the entire water. I had people from 16 and 17 and the 18th tee box all looking at like, holy crap. <laughs> I screamed like the end of the world. None of them hit their birdie putt. So the birdie putt from 50 something feet was the one us 
won, won us the hole. I get to 16 all pumped up. I'd never played it before, but the guy I was playing with said, whatever you do on 16, club up. Yeah. It's a lot further than it looks. So I'm, I'm all pumped up. I'm jazzed. I just hit the shot of my life. I take out a club. He's like, are you going to go? You're, you're clubbing two up. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. He goes, I told you to club up. I go, I'm full of it right now. I put it right in the right center of the green. It was the only one who hit the green. Two putted for par. The match was over. Wow. 17, 17 18 didn't even matter. Wow. There, there you so, go. Yeah. Yeah. No, if I, if I, if I, if I hit that putt that you hit on 15, probably like guaranteed that I end up, uh, I end up hitting the tee shot in the water on 16. No, I was like, so jazzed. And, and, and mind you, I, I'm not, I'm not a scratch golfer. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm a 17 handy, you know, 16 handicap. So like that, I don't hit 55 foot putts. Like, you know, it was <laughs> first time I had played it first time on that green. I'd watched that green a hundred times and yeah. just trying to get it close. And I mean, I, I told you before we went on the air, I, I, I hold out at number two at Royal Troon when, when working the British open um, and, and from 130 yards out that, that had to be one of my top shot, top plays before not hitting a bunker at, at Turnberry. And then, you know, everyone talks about Karnuski and Vandeveld only needing a double bogey to win the open. So when I played 18, my whole goal was to what? get, a six. Yeah. And I wound up getting a five and thought that was the Jeez. greatest thing in the world Yeah, until I got to travelers <laughs> TPC over Highland. And I hit the, I mean, I've never hit a putt like that before. So it was awesome. And then going in, like, this will be the first time I've watched the event since having played it since I played okay. it after the event last yeah. year. So, Oh, well, well, awesome. David, yeah. I, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and talk about this uh, really great field that we've got here at, at TPC river highlands for travelers. It's going to be a fun one. You go on Friday? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there Friday through the weekend. So it's, it's I'll be there be on Friday as well. So I'll see you there. All right. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.